is, ladies and gents, leadership. We all want to be a leader. Well, maybe most of us, a lot of us want to be leaders. But how do you become a good one? How do you get your, your, your ducks in a row so that you can be a good leader and people will follow you to the ends of the earth? Let's find out. That's what today's episode is all about. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, let's drop some heat. You know, we're surrounded by people who call themselves leaders. They may be in a position of power, but that doesn't make them a good leader. A good leader inspires those around them to move forward towards a vision that may or may not even be a reality yet. And in order to become a good leader, you must first work on yourself. And today's guest helps leaders do just that. She helps leaders focus on five core components to make them stronger and develop the confidence, skills, and abilities to become great leaders. So let's welcome to the show executive life and leadership coach, Michelle Cox. Michelle, I told you, energy all the way. That's how we do the show. What do you think so far? I love it. I love it. This is my kind of jam, 100%. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's jump into the obvious question. You know, uh, Simon Sinek is one of those people that a lot of uh, leaders look to. And one of his things is start with why. So I'm going to ask you. Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. Definitely want to know. Why did you get into this space? Why are you doing this? Yeah. So leadership has always been a passion of mine, a hundred percent. I've led teams all around the world and it's, it's really become a natural thing for me. And I love it. I love seeing people grow. I love seeing people develop and really working with executives in particular on their leadership. I really am passionate about creating a trickle effect within the organization. When you start working with an executive, everything that they're learning, they're trickling down throughout their organization from the bottom all the way up to the top. You know, it's unique uh, in in the idea of, of the executive and the corporate ladder uh, because a lot of them are appointed or maybe they had the hookup or they knew somebody. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good leaders. They've been appointed to some of these positions. Maybe they were good at being technically at what they were doing in the past. Uh, and, and then they have to transition to leading people. It's much different than doing the work. You know, leading, uh, leading comes from uh, th that point of view is different. Literally, I was watching this morning, Braveheart. Remember that movie with Mel yes. Gibson? <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and there's a scene in there where, where um, the, the Bruce, I forgot his exact name, I think his name is Bruce, but he talks about how, you know, people are, you know, you've given me a crown, you've given me this opportunity, people follow William Wallace, because that's what they believe in. I want people to believe in me too. When you speak to your executives, how much of that power do you want them to have from within so that people want to follow them? There's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, really, you want to focus on from a perspective of ins inspiration, from building relationships, all of that. Like you want to focus on the people. And when you focus on the people, not the thing that they're doing, per se, 
all of a sudden you start enrolling people because you care about them. You want them to grow. You want them to be successful. And as a result of it, you get the work done. So mm -hmm. it's an actual outcome versus a thing that you're doing. So outcome. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's always different when you're in a leadership position because when you when I hear outcome, sometimes it's like, oh, you don't know how to do it. Let me get out of the way. Let me show you how it's done versus, you know, what can I do to help this person achieve that outcome, right? I mean, there, there's a difference when we're talking about outcomes here and, and helping an individual get there. Yes. So it's actually spending the time to actually teach them. So it's cool that you're an expert in it and you could like push them out of the way and do it in 2.2 seconds. And it might take you 30 minutes, an hour to sit down with them and teach them actually what the process is, what it looks like, how they can learn to do it. So then they can repeat it over and over and over again and add their own flavor to it. So there's so much to it. Well, let's talk about that. So, I mean, leadership coaching, developing leaders, what is that exactly? What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, it's like a big question, right? So I really focus when I'm working with executives, I focus on five areas with executives and I focus on them being the leader in their life. And a lot of times what I find is when you hit that executive level or even it, as you start rising in the ranks, you're, you stop looking at how you're taking care of yourself, how you're taking care of your loved ones, what you're doing for yourself, like your well-being. And well-being can look like, I haven't cleaned my car in a month, and that's a well-being thing for you. Or it can mean that you're not going to the gym, you're not eating well. It can look like all of it. So we focus there a lot because it's a huge breakdown with executives. We focus on being leader in your work really looking at giving you where your blind spots are, creating that awareness from the people around you, from me, so you're able to start getting reflections and start seeing things that you don't even know are happening in your life at all and happening with people at work. Then we focus on your relationships, how you build really successful relationships. And it's quite frankly, what happens at work is one place and it happens at personal, but they all intertwine. How you show up as a leader in your relationships is the same thing you're doing everywhere. Then we look at your organization and you brought it up earlier. What's the vision? What are you going after? What's the big picture thing? So we really hone in and figure out what that looks like. And then finally, the team. How are you coaching and developing your team? What does that look like? Do you have one-on-ones? Do you have team meetings? How are you promoting team environment? And so that's really where we focus on in coaching. It sounds like it's very much uh, becoming a certain type of individual, right? I mean, we all look at great athletes, for example. We look at the Kobe Bryants or the, or the Tom Brady's of the world, and we're like, man, it would be awesome to be that person. But I think what people fail to realize is to be that person, you need to become that like that person and that becoming part is where the work actually lies right that's the hardest part of becoming a leader is the becoming part that that's the work that you have to put in these five comp uh, core uh, components that you're talking about those are all things that we have to work at that we're not experts and won't be right off the bat right absolutely i always say it's like building a muscle 
Like you're, when you go to the gym the first time, you're not lifting the 200 pound weight. You're not starting off lifting 200 pounds. It's, it's just not realistic. You're lifting the 10 pound weight. So mm -hmm. really in all these areas, you're lifting the 10 pound weight until you, the 10 pound weight's easy. Then you're lifting 20, 30, and you keep building up until all of it becomes natural. And it's not something you have to think about before you do it. You just do it. Some of the greatest coaches uh, talk about standards, right? Tony Robbins being one of them, setting your standards and knowing what is a must and what you have to have versus what you think you should develop or should do later on down the road. Um, in, in each of these components, how much is setting the standard and developing habits? How important are those things? I mean, setting the standard, it's super important. So because if you don't build your muscle, you, it's, you're going to keep falling backwards. You're going to keep going back. So it's like showing up to the gym once and expecting yourself to hit lift the 200 pound weight. You have to constantly be lifting, lifting, lifting. You can't just do it once. So what are your standards and what are the example that you're providing for everybody around you? When you're in a leadership position, you can't just show up once you have to show up all the time. And so if your standards aren't showing up all the time and you're in, you're out, your people are going to be in and out along with you. So setting those standards is extremely important. It's the practice, the practice, the practice. You got to do it, show up every single day. I mean, you're in a coaching business. Um, and I know in speaking to a lot of different coaches, building that business is tough, right? Like to, it, it's part of it is not necessarily the fact that you know or don't know your stuff. Most coaches know their material, but it's also connecting with that type of individual that's going to jive with your stuff, right? That, that actually resonates with the way you do things as well. So how are you growing your business? Yeah, getting those new clients. How, what are you doing to, uh, to grow? I, there's two focuses for me. Number one is relationship building. So relationships are extremely important to me. And because I have really solid relationships, I'm, I'm very blessed to say that my clients refer me. So in clients that I had five years ago refer me to people that are looking for coaches now. It's a constant referral cycle for me. So that's one core aspect of it. The other piece is, is that I truly am passionate about leadership. So I really want to provide value, value, value. So even if you're not gonna hire me, I'm gonna give you value. And until you sit to the point where you're like, yes, this is resonating with me. I need this, I need this constantly. I don't need just you know the post here and there. I need her in my life on a regular basis. What are some of those things that we can do? Because relationships, it's not just for coaches. It's for everybody. Sales is a relationship business. It has, it comes with energy and positivity and enthusiasm, right? Uh, what are some things that you do to enhance those relationships? Because it's one thing to initiate and start one. It's different to develop it and maintain it. So what are some of the things that you do to maintain your relationships with your customers? Yeah. So it's, I mean, I look at relationships like boiling down to three core aspects of it. People want to more than anything, they want to be seen, not for the work that they're doing, but for who they are, for their values, for like their core, who they are. They want to be heard. So really listening, being present, being focused, not being distracted. And then they want to be acknowledged. So acknowledgement looks like you're, you're seeing them, you're hearing them. And you can see and hear and you're listening, you're looking 
and you're seeing all aspects and you're acknowledging and you're being responsible for the relationship. So I do that through networking, through reaching out. I have touch bases with clients that used to be clients of mine. And I still want to hear about their successes two years down the line and hear if they're getting married or hear if they got promoted or hear if their team is evolving. I want to hear that. And I'm here for it. When when you're sitting down talking to them, you're following up with them um, in pretty much any business, there's a certain point where you realize, okay, this person's about to become a client. Right. Um, and that's usually because they come across specific types of problems that you see. So the next question is, Hey, we've got a problem here. What problems are you solving? Yeah. So I would say like the number one people reason people come to me is their business is stagnant. They're like, their business isn't growing. They're not getting the work done that they need to get done. Their team isn't engaged. Boy, I just gave you a list. See, I, I went with one and I just gave you like four, but I mean, ultimately, and then they also have high attrition. So when they, mm -hmm. when you start seeing all of these things, that's typically like number one, raise the red flag and say, I need help. I can't do this alone anymore. The other piece is they see their peers. And if their peers are growing beyond where they've grown, it's like a, there's a little bit of a competition occurring and they're like, I want to be that. And I want to accomplish that. So I need the help to get there. And I know they had a coach, so they didn't do it alone. So it's also like a peer to peer thing. Oh, come on. It's executives. There's a lot of type A personalities there. They want to win. They're, they're they win. I mean, let's face it. The <laughs> metrics are going to be the biggest difference. We're literally going through a time right now where attrition is huge, where people are leaving their jobs, where the culture has to change. Otherwise, I'm going to go find something else. Uh, what are you seeing right now as you're as we're entering 2022 after going through a pandemic, after going through a great you know resignation? What are some of the things that executives could do so that they're not losing their people? I, I would say the number one thing is develop your people. A lot of times that's the biggest missing component is they're not developing them. So they put them in a role, they're in that role, they're doing great in that role, but they're not investing in them, investing in developing their skills, developing where they want to go so versus where they are today. So actually spending time and investing in them. And actually creating like authentic relationships with their teams and authentic relationships, especially when you get to the executive level, we typically, what I see is there's like this big guard up. I can't let them know that I'm struggling because if I let them know I'm struggling, then they're going to be like, well, what faith do I have? But mm -hmm. the fact is, is that when you can actually have that relatedness, like, hey, everything's not all sunshine and roses over here. And I want to get it there. And these are the things I'm doing to get there. You're modeling the behavior for your team to follow suit. And they're, you're acknowledging, I need help just like you need help. So those are two different aspects to it. So if, if we're looking for that executive coach that is in a position where they need coaching, what do they typically look like? What kind of, what kind of uh, clients are the ones that you're looking for? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Yeah, yeah, not just the physical clients. Yeah, definitely not the physical client. Uh, but I would say that as someone that's actually, so from a clientele perspective, I'm looking for a client that actually wants to create a culture within their organization and through that culture, get the results they're after, which also means that they have to do the work. And if mm -hmm. they're not going to, if they're not willing to do the work and they're not really invested in it, then they shouldn't hire me. 
and they shouldn't hire a coach because it's not going to get them anywhere. They're just going to invest a ton of money and it's not going to support them. You mean you actually have to decide you want to make a change and then take the action necessary to make that change? Yes, I know. It's brilliant. I know. It's like, it's, I know it sounds so simple and yet it is absolutely a barrier for folks. They're like, oh my gosh, they think I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. I don't have, I mean, you can think of any circumstance in the book, but the fact is when you actually hit that point, when you're like, I want this and I'm going to move heaven and earth and I will take action and I will execute and I will do whatever I need to do to get there. That's how you know, like you're willing and you're in it and you're in it to win it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Uh, we're in the marketing space. Marketing advertising is what we do. And when I tell somebody, you got to get in front of the camera and do it. Um, uh, every excuse under the sun, ladies yes. and gents, you have to take action. There's no excuse for not taking action. Uh, you're, you're responsible for your own future. It's up to you. It's hundred percent in your balls in your court. Uh, so Let's talk about your sales process. So if, if there is an executive out there, somebody who's looking for that type of coaching, who's ready to make that change, um, what's that process like when it comes to working with you? There you go. All those people are looking for coaching. What do you do? What's the process like? Yeah, so initially I just do a first consultation call. Like, let's just see if you're, you and I are a good match, right? I mean, because we could sit there and I look really good on paper and you look really good on paper, but if we don't have a connection, it's never going to work. It's going to be like fighting tooth and nails. Number one thing. Next thing is we set up. So you say, yes, I'm on board. Count me in coach. Then like literally it's setting up weekly. I have weekly coaching calls with them. Through reaching weekly coaching calls, they actually get specific actions to take, practices, et cetera, on a weekly basis, and they're accountable to those. We create a strategy. Where do you want to be a year from today and what does success look like? So we're measuring every single step along the way because I don't want you to wonder, did this work or didn't work? I want you to walk away with any engagement with me saying, you know what? This worked and here's how I measured it. And this is how I know I was successful. If it can be measured, it can be improved. Like it's one of the most important things in your business period. Why is it so different where you have those metrics in your own personal life? I mean, you have the four of the five core components, like each of those should have a metric. So how do you measure life skills? How do you measure, right? Some of these core components that, uh, you know, again, they sound good on paper, but how do you measure them so that you can then take them to that next level and improve them? Yeah. I mean, it really looks like, I mean, so, if, well, we'll just take like from a life, a well-being perspective. I mean, I have everything from, I'm sleeping five hours a night where I need to sleep eight hours. I'm, you know, five hours a night, every single night is not going to be sustainable. You got to <laughs> fill your cup before you can fill anybody else's. So that was a clear measurable, you want to increase it to seven hours. As an example, let's just play with there. That's clearly measurable. You know, you're able to say, okay, I'm getting two more hours of sleep. And the result of that is I'm showing up more present with my team, meaning I'm no longer multitasking when I'm sitting there with my team or I'm sitting at the dinner table and I don't have my phone with me. 
Yeah. And I'm present with my kids. I'm cooking with my kids or whatever it may be. I'm just throwing out examples of it. But from a life perspective, I'm cleaning my car on a weekly basis. I'm drinking water, whatever it, it looks like. It's just you're able to measure it from where you are today as a baseline to where you want to be. Oh, it's funny because it's simple, but how how difficult is it for people to be in the moment? I heard this thing the other day where they were saying, you know, it's crazy because when you're at work, you're thinking about going on vacation. And when you're on vacation, you can't stop thinking about work. Like, Why is it that we're always focused on something else other than what's going on in the moment? If we can focus on just the moment, I'm sure we'd be much more effective. We would. <laughs> and a lot of it, that's where our anxiety comes from. Our anxiety comes from we're already thinking about the future versus actually being present in the moment to actually solve for what's happening here and now. And, and that's the biggest thing. So when you start creating the awareness and trust me, you, I, I'm not expecting them to do this alone because people will call them out. My expectation is they create a support system around them, whether it be people at work, they trust. It could be their family, their wife, like, Hey, are, are you here with me? Cause you can see it. As soon as a person tunes out, you know that they're no longer mm-hmm. here with you. You know they're not present with you. If you ask someone to repeat back to you what you just said and they're like, uh, uh I have no idea. <laughs> what, what did you just say? <laughs> you know it. And the more awareness you start getting, the more reflection you start getting, the more you're like starting to get mad at yourself because you keep doing it. Yeah, Michelle, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've been doing some stuff uh, for a while with with our teams um, and well, mainly my brother, not really me, but I love listening in on some of his uh, team meetings. And uh, it used to be very uh, direct with what he was doing. And now he asks a lot more questions and he allows his team to set goals and he goes over, you know, what were their, their KPIs for the week that they set for themselves? Like there's a lot of things that he's done through his own coaching uh, that he turns around and implements with his team. Like for you to be a good coach, you got to emulate what good coaching is doing for you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a hundred percent. That's, that's the whole goal. And that's why I said the trickle effect that can come from working with executives because it pushes down throughout the organization. When you start at the top, you can start influencing and creating a different culture. And quite frankly, like I expect myself to model that way too. I have my own coach and I have my, my, I follow the same process to ensure that I'm setting myself up to be successful, just like I expect my clients to. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally a big difference. Uh, And everybody needs coaching. The greatest athletes in the world, again, have their own coaches on top of the coaches that they normally go play for. They have their own personal coaches to help develop. And it's okay to have multiple coaches. There's coaches for, you know, if you're going to the gym, that same coach might not be the same uh, coach that'll help you with your life skills or your business skills. It could Mm -hmm. be completely different, but you're looking for people who are successful at what they do. Speaking of which, what do you got going on for us today? Me? I'm giving away free money. Okay, maybe not giving away free money, but the the value that you're bringing is, is equivalent to a lot of money, so. It is, it is. So right now I am offering a full day workshop and when an executive signs up with me, they start working with me. They're also getting a full day workshop to work with their team. So not only are they developing, but their team is developing with them. 
and they're developing as one versus all separately. So it's really creating that team dynamic and the culture within. It's like the rowboat. If you can all get rowing at the same time in the same direction, yeah. in the same way, you're gonna achieve much better results. So it's not only the, the personal coaching, you also get a workshop available uh, for, for the executive's entire team. So at least everybody's on the same page, right? You got it. So you're not doing it alone and you have, everybody has buy-in because in that workshop, we're really creating what everybody is saying I'm put me in coach. I'm here. Here's what I'm committing to. And this is what you can hold me accountable to. And this is what I need from each one of you. So there, nobody's doing it alone. That's the way to do it together. You're a team. That's how a company works. All right. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, to my how do they do that? Go ahead. Go to my website, www.michellelcox.com. Best way to get a hold of me, go ahead and press the contact and reach out. Schedule some time with me. Perfect. And you got a Facebook page too, right? I do have a Facebook page. LinkedIn probably would be the best place to reach me. LinkedIn, I'm heavily on LinkedIn. So if you want to see my content and really see where I'm rolling, that would be the place to go. Um, all right, then, uh, it's, it's time for me to give you the pitch. Let me tell me you actually, you know, what? I'm going to leave that scroll at the bottom. You tell me if I got your messaging, correct. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. All right, ladies and gents, that means it's my turn. Look, you're running a business and it takes a lot out of you. It's sometimes punishing to your own personal life, your own physical health your relationships at home, you need to get yourself straight. And sometimes, like Einstein says, problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. You need an executive coach. And if you are fortunate enough to work with Michelle by going to www.michellelcox.com, michellelcox.com, then you will not only get the honor of working with Michelle directly, but she's going to set up a workshop a whole day workshop for your entire team. Get everybody on the same page. If you're in a boat all rowing in the same direction, this is the direction that you want to row in. www.michellelcox.com, michellelcox.com. What do you think, Michelle? How'd I do? You did fantastic. Nice work. Nice work. <laughs> All right. Well, look, in the coaching business, you mentioned that it's all about referrals and we uh, can't disagree with you anymore. I mean, agree with you anymore. Uh, for us, the way we grow the show is the same way that you're growing. It's basically referral based. And if I could only harness a referral, that would be ideal. And away we can. They're called video testimonials. So Michelle, real quick, what was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? Oh my gosh, this is the most fantastic, high energy, love the interaction, felt 100% just like a conversation. So I'm 100% on board with you. Nice. All right, look, before we head out as, uh, as the clock runs near, um, is there anything that you wanted to share with the audience that maybe I didn't ask or I didn't get to? Um, so I want to make sure you give you some, some final thoughts. Yeah, I think that it, my final thoughts is if you're not like the biggest thing is don't do it alone. And that's the one thing that I would say that most executives feel is that they don't know who to trust. They don't know who their people are at that level. And regardless of it, find your person, find your confident, find you somebody that is your 
mentor, find somebody, a coach, find some, find somebody. So you're not like in a silo all alone. Yeah. And, and how often do you see that executives at the, at, at different levels, especially when they don't want to maybe commingle, they're afraid to have inappropriate relationships or whatever the situation is that they seclude themselves. They're in an office in a cubicle or whatever it is. And they don't talk to anybody. How detrimental is that when you're just all alone? Yeah. It, it literally, not only does it impact your well-being but it also impacts your ability to like reach your goals and hit where you really want to go because you're missing outsiders information and collaboration and awareness and feedback and places where you have blind spots that you don't know you're missing all of that by doing it alone. And when you have a team, you're 10 times more likely to actually hit your goal. Mm, and that's so true. Look, Ladies and gents, we're humans. We desire interaction. And yes, I know we just went through a pandemic. And yeah, we can talk to each other through a screen. But there's something big about connecting with people on a regular day, shaking hands, giving hugs, kissing babies, all that sort of stuff. The human interaction is so important. Don't do it alone. It's life's not meant to be lived alone. It's we're we're a herd species. And so Make sure you communicate with each other. Michelle, thank you very much for coming on the show. What you're doing is amazing for a lot of different people. Uh, and the fact that you're you're in a position where you get to literally trickle down, you're affecting way more people than just the people you're working with. And I can tell you've got a lot of energy, a lot like mine. And uh, if you're anything like me, you enjoy your day because you get to make people smile, right? I do. I do. I absolutely love what I do. I'm very, very blessed. All right, Michelle, thank you very much. Ladies and gents, if you are interested, www.michellelcox.com, michellelcox.com. We'll see you guys again manana. Peace, and we're out. Thanks for watching The Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with The Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz and click on the Need More Customers button or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and